Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 258. Today we'll hear the final words from Elihu, the last person before we hear from God as he responds to Job and his friends. But as we listen to Elihu's words today, we realize that Elihu is basically trying to say that you can't stand in judgment over God. You can't stand there as if somehow you know better than he does. God is the ultimate and final authority. And this is confirmed in the book of Revelation chapter 20, which is a a chapter in which God's final judgment is described in powerful ways, in sobering ways, and in ways that remind us that this judgment is coming for everybody. And it ought to cause every single one of us to pause and to reflect on our relationship with God and how we are living in light of this final judgment. And so with that in mind, let's look to begin today in Job chapter 35, uh, the last part of Elihu's telling us all about what he believes God is about and how Job ought to respond to him. Chapter 35 of Job. Then Elihu answered, Do you think this to be just when you say, My right before God? But you say, What will it profit you? And what do I gain by not sinning? I will reply to you and to your friends with you. Gaze at the heavens and see. Consider the clouds which are higher than you. If you sin, how does it affect God? If your transgressions are many, what does it do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to God? And what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness affects only a person like yourself, and your righteousness only other people. People cry out because of the excess of oppression. They cry out for help because of the power of the mighty. But no one says, where is God, my creator, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the wild animals of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of the sky? Then they cry out, but he does not answer. Because of the arrogance of the wicked, surely it is an empty cry. God does not hear it. The Almighty does not take notice of it. How much less then when you say that you do not perceive him, that the case is before him and you are waiting for him? And further, when you say that his anger does not punish and that he does not know your transgression. So Job opens his mouth to no purpose. Without knowledge, he multiplies words. Elihu said further, Be patient with me a little longer and I will instruct you, for still I have words to speak on God's behalf. With my knowledge, I will speak comprehensively, and to my Creator I will ascribe righteousness. For in truth, my words are not false. It is one complete in knowledge who is with you. Indeed, God is mighty, and he does not despise people. He is mighty and firm in his intent. He does not allow the wicked to live, but he gives justice to the poor. He does not take his eyes off the righteous, but with kings on the throne. He seats the righteous and exalts them forever. But if they are bound in chains and held captive by the cords of affliction, then he reveals to them what they have done and their transgressions, that they were behaving proudly. And he reveals this for correction, and says that they must turn from evil if they obey and serve him. They live out their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness. But if they refuse to listen, they pass over the river of death and will expire without knowledge. 
The godless at heart nourish anger. They do not cry out when he, when he binds them. They die in their youth, and their life ends among the male cultic prostitutes. He delivers the afflicted by their afflictions. He reveals himself to them by their suffering. And surely he drew you from the mouth of distress to a wide place unrestricted and to the comfort of your table filled with rich food. But now you are preoccupied with the judgment due to the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold of you. Be careful that no one entices you with riches. Do not let a large bribe turn you aside. Would your wealth sustain you so that you would not be in distress even for, of all your mighty efforts? Do not long for the cover of night to drag people away from their homes. Take heed, do not turn to evil, for because of this you have been tested by affliction. Indeed, God is exalted in his power. Who is like a teacher like him? Who has prescribed his ways for him? Or said to him, you have done what is wicked. Remember to extol his work, which people have praised in song. All humanity has seen it. People gaze on it from afar. Yes, God is great beyond our knowledge. The number of his years is unsearchable. He draws up drops of water. They, they distill the rain into a mist, which the clouds pour down and shower on humankind abundantly. Who can understand the spring, spreading of the clouds, the thunderings of his pavilion? See how he scattered the, his lightning about him. He has covered the depths of the sea. It is by these that he judges the nations and supplies food in abundance. With his hands he covers the lightning and directs it against its target. His thunder announces the coming storm, the cattle also concerning the storm's approach. At this also my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen carefully to the thunder of his voice, to the rumbling that proceeds from his mouth. Under the whole heaven he lets it go, even his lightning to the far corners of the earth. After that a voice roars, he thunders with an exalted voice, and he does not hold back his lightning bolts when his voice is heard. God thunders with his voice in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. For to the snow, he says, fall to the earth, and to the torrential rains, pour down. He causes everyone to stop working so that all people may know his work. The wild animals go to their lairs, and in their dens they remain. A tempest blows out from its chamber, icy cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice and the breath of, breath of the waters free solid. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through the clouds. The clouds go round in circles, wheeling about according to his plans to carry out all he commands them over the face of the whole inhabited world. Whether it is for punishment or for his land or for mercy, he causes it to find its mark. Pay attention to this, Job. Stand still and consider the wonders God works. Do you know how God commands them, how he makes lightning flash in his storm cloud? Do you know about the balancing of the clouds, that wondrous activity of him who is perfect in knowledge? You whose garments are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind, will you with him spread out the clouds, solid as a mirror of molten metal? Tell us what we should say to him. We cannot prepare a case because of the darkness. Should he be informed that I want to speak? If a man speaks, surely he will be swallowed up. But now the sun cannot be looked at. It is bright in the skies. After a wind passed and swept the clouds away. From the north he comes in golden splendor. Uh, around God is, an, is awesome majesty. As for the Almighty, we cannot attain to him. He is great in power. But justice and abundant righteousness he does not oppress. Therefore people fear him. For he does not regard all the wise in heart.
And so there we have Elihu basically making a case on God's behalf, saying that Job, I don't know exactly what's going on or why these things are happening, but God is not the one that you can find at fault, that you cannot blame God as if God has done something unjust. And that leaves us to see what God's reply will be in our next episode. But in the meantime, as we think about this, this idea of God being just in all that he does, we see this on display in the final judgment scene in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw an angel descending from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the abyss and a huge chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and tied him up for a thousand years. The angel then threw him into the abyss and locked it and sealed it so that no one so that he could not deceive the nations until 1,000 years were finished. After these things, he must be released for a brief period of time. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those who had been given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. These had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had refused to receive his mark on their forehead or hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who takes part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Now when the thousand years are finished, Satan will be released from his prison, and he will go out to deceive the nations at the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, to bring them together for the battle. These are as numerous as the grains of sand in the sea. They went up on the broad plain of the earth and encircled the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them completely. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet are too. And they will be tormented there day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a large white throne, And the one who was seated on it, the earth and the heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Then books were opened, and another book was opened, the book of life. So the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to their deeds. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each one was judged according to his deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, that person was thrown into the lake of fire. Again, this is a very clear uh, statement of God's judgment to come. And while people argue about the thousand-year reign, the reality is that Jesus will be the final judge on the throne who will open the books, who will judge people according to their deeds. And those whose names are written in the book of life will join him in the next chapters. We'll see this in a new heavens and a new earth. And those who are not found in that book of life will be cast into the lake of fire, just like the devil, death, and hell itself. And so it's a sobering again reminder of God's justice to come, his judgment, his final judgment, and that the only hope that any of us have is in the saving grace of Jesus, that final judge. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. 
May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.